At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, fiber deployments, and community events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com slash news. Hello, everyone. I appreciate you coming out this Monday. Uh, you know, another big week for us to continue on a big sky play. Um, I think after reviewing the film, you know, really pleased with the way we started that game. That, that first quarter, uh, you couldn't write it up much better than that. Now, it wasn't perfect from then on, but you know, we got the the turnover and the score before the half. Uh, took that twenty point lead, and and then you know, second half wise again wasn't perfect by any means, but we able to play a bunch of players, um, keep them off the scoreboard, and put a few po more points up ourselves. So liked our balance on offense, um, to say the least. And um, defensively, we continue to make it hard for teams to, to run the football. Um, and if we can continue to do that, we'll be doing the things we want to. So I'll open up for questions. What were some of the things that you would have liked to have improved the most on? Well, I, I think um, offensively, you know, I, I do think there was some second level blocks that we could have we could have finished it finished better. And I think that's you know with our backs, that's just going to continue to be an emphasis. Whether that's um, our linemen, our tight ends, our receivers downfield. I think in the past game, uh, there were certainly a few things we left out there. I, I think defensively, you know, it was really that that one drive that they had in the second quarter where um, you know we just didn't execute maybe as well as we like, but. You know, I think the biggest thing I look at is special teams wise. You know, we had, we got flagged a whole bunch, um, didn't handle two punts, punted, kicked the ball out of bounds. So we got, you know, certainly room to grow on the special team side as well. And you, uh, after the, the Willie Muff, the second one, um, I, I think you went up to him. Did you, did, was it just as simple as, hey, we, we can't have that, or was there another? Oh, I think I mean, he really took that hard. You know, I, I think he's been in and out of that position. Um, and, he knew he put the defense in a tough spot. He put the team in a tough spot, and, and he's a competitor. And I just told him, "You got to move on, move on to the next play, and whatever that play is going to be." And, and you know, for him, that was more than likely going to be an offensive play. So just pick your head up and, and move on. Was basically the message to him. Are you pretty scared for him on the on the, the one where he got hit? Yeah, uh, you know, there's a there's a real fine line there, and and I will see the response that that I get from um, from the Big Sky officials. But you know, uh, the tough, dangerous play. You know, and, and fortunately, it was it was really just a wind getting knocked out of them. But uh, you know, you got to be fearless back there. But they should also be very protected, and that was not the case on that play. With the big guy officials, were, were you specifically? Well, I just you know, as a as a head coach that's coached on offense and hasn't paid attention to all those rules relative to that type of play, where is that line where it's more than just a you know a personal fall? I guess that's that's my question, it, and if there is a, if there isn't a line, it, you know, if then that's okay. I just just a further understanding, I guess. And with the other flag too, I mean, is there some concern that that guys might take a free shot there? Almost, I don't know if that's what happened. There, but. Well, I don't, yeah, I don't I don't want to uh, accuse them of that, but yeah, we get a we get a hold on that that same defender on that play, um, and I, yeah, I don't think it was that, but uh, yeah, you want your guys to 
feel like they're protected back there. That's that's the way the rules are written up, and obviously Willie took a tough shot in that play. You mentioned how well you've been defending the run, um, especially with a new defensive scheme for players who have been here before. What do you like about the scheme as far as it pertains to defending the run? Well, it's 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 very principled. Um, it gives us options to, you know, for movement, for pressure, um, that can can aid in the run in the pass game. I think we've been able to utilize a variety through through our first five games, um, and I think our guys have played really assignment sound. You know, and, and when we're assignment sound, you know, we should be plus one uh, numbers wise, and, and we've tackled really well. And, and our guys. I think more and more understanding leverage and trusting their teammates. And that's been the really nice thing to see going all the way back to our first scrimmage back in the spring. You know, that, that trust, that understanding of leverage was uh, far from what it is today. And, and we've made, you know, huge, huge strides as I think about where we were at back in April. And there's been times that that big nickel position that Ty O'Connor has been playing it was a linebacker during fall camp. And it's mostly been a defensive back. And how impressive or how happy are you that you've been able to defend a run with five defensive backs in most of the time? Well, you know, I, I think that's a, a, a testament to, tr to Ty's ability. You know, and we added Trey, and that gave us the flexibility to put Ty over there on the other side. And, and Ty might not be by stature this guy that is physically opposing, but he's probably as good a tackler as we have. And, and, and he's been able to tackle well. He's been able to make you know, make quick reads, see things fast. Um, you know, so the number of times that, that he's been in the backfield and, and made those plays, it seems like it's an every week deal. And, and yeah, Ty has is, is really allowed us to play the defense like we want to. Eric Zimbrano getting the, the interception. What have you thought of his performance up until this point through, through the season? Uh, you know, Eric's been um, improving, uh, you know, and I, I think you know, you look at Eric, he, he's got really good size for a corner. Um, and at times he hasn't maybe utilized that from a physicality perspective. And, and that was one thing that he was challenged with um, coming off the Portland State game. And, and he really did a good job. I, you know, beyond that interception, you know, he was uh, really, you know, very consistent at the line of scrimmage, whether we were in a man call or a zone call. Because uh, he's got to, that's got to be his, his strength, his calling card. Um, he can run fine, but... His, his, his physical nature um, has to be a big part of what he does. And, you know, uh, he tackled well on Saturday as well. Be, besides the big um, the big play, there was a complete game for him and probably his most complete performance at this point. And, yeah, I mean, what did you see from him on, on that interception? I well, really athletic play. Now he, you know, the guy was behind him, um, and it was a scramble situation. Uh, I know that wasn't as big a part of McCaffrey's game as it was the previous week in Alexander, but you know, um, he was able to recover with a really athletic play. And, and you know, I think it was still a play we could teach off to say, you know, you really in that situation can't let this guy get behind you. But um, you know, great catch, and then our, our guys being able to flip into return mode. Uh, you know, and, and make a convoy essentially for Eric as he went down the sideline, you know, so we could flip the field and not only get the turnover, but flip the field and get into their territory and ultimately turn that into a score. Personality-wise, how does he fit into the kind of the team dynamic off the field? You know, Eric's a, uh, um, he's a little more quiet maybe than some of our guys, but, uh, you know, I think he's, he's a competitive guy and, and you know, um, that's just certainly displayed on game days, but, you know, I, I think he's become much more consistent in, in the way he goes about his business. Uh, you know, he played as a, a true freshman, and then you have 2020, so that that 
that growth that typically happens in um, from one year to the next probably wasn't quite the same. But really appreciated how he's responded this fall. Um, you know, and, and honestly responding to a situation where the depth has kind of been flipped upside down a little bit with with Tyrell missing time and now James, um, you know going to miss some time um, and, and he's emerged as a guy that we can count on I think that's that's the biggest thing I've seen out of Eric. How, how much time do you expect James to miss? At uh, he gets he gets reevaluated next week um, so hard to say right now I, I, I know it'll be a few games um, which you know last week this week um, and then he gets reevaluated and we'll see where it will be but it'll probably be a little bit uh, a little bit longer than we'd like but uh, fortunately we've had guys step it up and I you know I think uh, Simeon and Eric have played pretty steady, and, and um, Tyrell, I know it's been a week-by-week -week deal. Um, he's been there from an emergency perspective the last couple of years, but we do expect him to take some game reps this week. And, and how's the depth kind of look behind Simeon and, and, uh, and Eric right now? You know, uh, I, I think Miles Jackson um, is a young guy that has flashed at times. Um, he's really only been asked to play in late-game situations, um, but he would, be, he would be in there as far as a guy that we could go to. Um, Devin Davis is uh, another young player that's continuing to improve, that, that really takes his role seriously. He's, he's bouncing back and forth between the scout team and you know being up with the defense. Um, so appreciate Devin's willingness to continue to improve. So yeah, I, I think it's solid, but um, you know, um, I, I think guys like Miles and Devin need to keep coming to, to say it's exactly where we want it to be. Early in the week, but anything uh, worth noting about Cal Poly? Well, I, I think the first thing you look at is, is okay, their record is what it is. Um, we have one common opponent in, in San Diego. Um, their losses, they've played pretty good teams. They've played a pretty good schedule at this point. And, you know, much like Northern Colorado, um, it's a situation where Coach Baldwin took over at the beginning of, of 2020, um, you know, didn't get that or didn't get that year. I know they played a few games in the spring. But didn't get that year um, like like he typically would have. Um, so they're still finding themselves. I mean, Cal, Cal Poly to me had been a real consistent program um, when I was at North Dakota State. We played them and had some real um, dragouts going back, and you know that's that's a while back. But uh, had been a real consistent program that could recruit good athletes, very smart athletes, um, and I you know I know they're they're a team that because of all of that is very dangerous. Um, and their record, I don't think, indicates you know where they are, maybe where they could go. Alpine Touch is legendary around the state of Montana for providing delicious seasonings for every grilling occasion. Now, Alpine Touch offers so much more, from a savory new barbecue sauce to spicy pepper blends to tasty barbecue rubs. In addition to the classic, Alpine Touch has a variety of seasoning salts for whatever you need to spice up. Now that the holidays are over, Alpine Touch makes a perfect thank you gift to show your friends and relatives you love them. Alpine Touch, available at retail locations around Montana or online at alpinetouch.com. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. Yeah, triple option flex defense. Um, so unique schemes, you know, and they, that's probably uh, you know the one thing that I you immediately notice they're not that anymore. They're not the unique scheme on offense or defense at this point, and you know that that's a transition. You know, especially on the offensive side that they've made, and um, I, I'm, I'm certain they're they're still in the midst of that transition, uh, transitioning in from a recruiting perspective, but then also developing developmental perspective of just how. You know, their athletes are geared towards a completely different mindset on offense. 
Brendan, you mentioned the five quarterbacks <laughs> they, they run out there. How, how tough or annoying is that to prepare for? Well, I think it's a challenge because anytime you have that kind of number, it's they're all a little bit different. Um, you know how you defend them, what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are. I, I know, you know, Spencer Brosh um, was a name that I was familiar with that, that we'd recruited, um, tried to recruit out of Arizona to to Wyoming, and, and he got Pac-12 attention and offers, and ended up at Cal. Um, it would seem like he's out of the mix right now, but I, you know, I know his ability. Um, Make, would make them different, uh, you know, and they've they've been playing younger guys as well, you know, and just how a young guy can can develop from one week to the next is is scary sometimes. You just don't know, um, and you know that confidence factor is is probably the the biggest thing that they're trying to overcome right now. But it can it can happen if you if you allow it to, and we can't let that happen. With the game film you've watched, what are you expecting from them defensively to throw at you this Saturday? Yeah, it's a, uh, I think that's a good question because I think we are different, um, you know, in mindset than some of the teams they've played. I, I know we're probably more similar, you know, to, to the last two teams they've played. I guess you look at Montana and uh, Weber State, um, you know, because early on they played a bunch of odd front um, against the Fresno, um, uh, South Dakota, and then the last couple of weeks they've been more four down, playing coverage. Um, you know, I think trying trying to be sound against both the run and the pass. Um, so, you know, whether that means with with our relative balance, you know, if they'll they'll try to load it up and stop the run, I would think that's where they would they would start different than some of those early games. Um, but, you know, I, I think you know we're still in the midst of certainly figuring that out, and I, I think it's a situation for us a little bit more comfortability than the last two weeks what we faced defensively. So. You know, I think we got to really concern ourselves with what what can we do to get better offensively, um, and it, it's it's simple things. It's uh, it's finishing blocks. It's it's not leaving things out there in the pass game. It's protecting, it's protecting man. It's all those things. I think we can really take that step back and, and think that way as opposed to being so concerned about this unique scheme. I think historically people have characterized football when its offense is a little bit. Of Air raid principles, but to mm -hmm. me, it's, it looks—it's always been a little bit more West Coast, a little more more balanced than maybe people see on paper. Is that what you're seeing, kind of in your preparation? I think so. Um, I think Coach Baldwin's a really good coach, and, and you know, um, between his time at Eastern and Cal, um, probably more settled in from a personnel perspective than he currently is right now, um, especially with the, the the quarterback carousel that they've had. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think their numbers would indicate the the balance he's probably trying to strike um, you know and they've, they've gotten behind in a few games and you know that can really throw your numbers uh, off quite a bit when you're chasing points so you know I would expect them to to, to try to be balanced to try to, to develop a run game not to be so one-sided and, and you know we got to do what we can to try to make them as one-dimensional as possible. You've talked about how kind of selfless Shahari has been in his filling in for how important has that been to you know, him and him filling into that, that position? Well, yeah, I, I know the, the one thing I really enjoy about him, he just wants to get on the field, whether that's been special teams, um, tailback, fullback. And, you know, when presented with this opportunity to, to really take on a role that's much, much more dirty work than, than he, you know, he's practicing tailback but really hadn't got any tailback reps. Um, I think he jumped at it, and you know it's really been 
uh, you think you know the last couple games in particular uh, with all the different looks he's seen at fullback it's been really on the job training um, and he's he's playing hard and he's allowed us to to move forward and not have to skew personnel wise and, and really just scrap the fullback um, from our offense in RJ's absence so uh, he's allowed us to grow offensively and I think for him it's been an opportunity to show that um, you know he He's a good football player, I guess, you know, and then his production on special teams, I think, has, has certainly added that as well. So, you know, RJ will eventually get back on the field and, and, and how that'll change Jahari's role, we'll have to see. But uh, in the meantime, really appreciate what he's done for us. Yeah, I mean, Jahari, um, is that a little bit more intellectual position, I guess, than maybe some people would realize? Because especially for him having to learn that position. No question. I, I, it's not just a guy that is willing to run into a wall over and over again. You know, it's, it's understanding angles. It's understanding things and reacting really fast. You know, if, if you're, your job is to block the C-gap and the defender who's the C-gap defender could come from, you know, really three different angles and you have to figure that out uh, as fast as you can, moving as fast as you can, that's, that's challenging. You know, uh, we haven't had him block on the perimeter much, but that adds a whole other layer. Um, pass game aspect would have had a whole nother layer so you know what he's been able to bite off in a short time um, you know we think he's doing well and I think he can continue to grow so at the very least we'll have uh, the depth necessary to keep moving forward. Were you worried that you'd have to toss some of those fullback plays out when RJ first went down? You know I, I, I think we could look at um, Derek Snell, Ryan Davis potentially to do some of that but then that would be I think taken away from their development at tight end, so I wasn't worried that we'd have to completely scrap it, scrap it. But you know, a little concerned with where those reps would come from, and and you know, I think based on some of the things we did in the spring, I think we saw that Jahari had the potential. Uh, he just didn't uh, line up back there a whole lot, so it kind of happened, uh, like I said, on the fly. Um, and you know, that was the that was the San Diego game, and then more and more the last couple of weeks we've utilized him there, and you know, I think he's done quite well. Ed McCaffrey mentioned that um, he's missing some key players, including some starters uh, this last week because of COVID and another vaccinated players. Um, I just wanted to, to kind of hear from your guys' respect of where you are vaccination rate-wise and if that's even been an issue uh, for backups. Uh, it hasn't been an issue. Um, we haven't missed anybody. Um, you know, I, our our number is is really next to next to nothing. We we do have a a couple, but um, they're getting tested and they're dealing with the protocols. But you know, uh, yeah, we haven't had any issues whatsoever. Um, the guys that have become in any case ill um, have tested negative. We've we've had some guys ill, but we haven't had any any issues with COVID at this point. And I think it's in large part to the the great amount of our guys uh, responding. In particular, at the end of the summer, when the Big Sky did kind of lay out the rules, um, you know, and our guys worked through whether it was one or two doses through August, and now we're in a position where, um, you know, I, I I think there's still a concern, but the level of concern that I know that they're dealing with at places like Northern Colorado, we're we're nowhere near that. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. 
Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, fiber deployments, and community events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com slash news. Yeah, and Lane um, is kind of the key to that depth, um, no question about it. A guy that we feel comfortable doing kind of that every down um, role or you know, being able to go out there in any down, whether that's running the football, um, protecting, catching the football. And, and he went down pretty early in that Wyoming game, and to not have him available for a couple weeks, um, it did stretch us a little bit. And, and I think to have him back, and I, I think he's – pretty much back to full speed now um, is a good thing because really Jahari would have been our third tailback there for for that early stretch um, and now we've completely moved him to full back uh, so you know I, I think we feel good about those three guys um, you know the the balance uh, yardage wise between Isaiah and Elijah and then both getting over 100 um, for the first time was was big I think carries wise Isaiah is still going to get the not the bulk necessarily, but the heavier load, but to be able to, to, to get Elijah in there like we did and, and really be able to kind of be a change of pace within drives, um, I thought that showed the best it had on Saturday. Uh, and it, it really, I think, to some degree, caught them off guard at times. And now Lane can certainly figure, I think, more and more as we go forward. Uh, Brody, you know, continuing to get those third down reps, um, has he improved? At what, what, I guess what have you seen from his progress so far? Yeah, he's really taken that role and, and ran with it. Um, you know, you look at a guy that was really raw in the spring, you know, and, and he's he's young uh, by college football standards as far as his experience. And it, I think our coaches did a great job of, of recognizing, hey, here's a guy, if it's in particular, if we get him a specialized role here, um, in the fall, he could really take off with it, and he has. Uh, he's allowed us to, to move Amandre inside and really not um, lose a whole lot. And in fact, I think we've gained. You get a better pass rusher on the inside, and you know Brody's done a, a really consistent job on the outside. And you know I think down the road we anticipate his role will certainly grow. Um, and whether that down the road is in the years to come or. In the weeks and months to come, I don't know, but right now he's really, you know, he's doing a really good job for us, and, and um, I appreciate our coaches for identifying that um, that kind of personnel grouping that we were able to throw out there on third down, and, and you know, really been able to cause some problems for quarterbacks. Yeah, I think he had the pressure, or some of the main pressure on the first interception, and then obviously yeah. last week the strip sack. So. Yeah, yeah, he's and he's a young guy that, uh, you know, um, from a small town in Montana that uh, I, I think, you know. I personally didn't recruit him, but he's one of those guys when we walked in there, when they were working out in the, the South Dome in the, the spring, he, he said, okay, that's that's a guy that has to figure in what's his story, and you hear his story, he went to prep school and wasn't sure between basketball and football, but you knew, you know, that's the type of athletic, um, developmental guy that we need to get from this state, and um, really appreciated his growth in the time that, I, that, that I've been here. 
you showed a little bit of depth on defense, especially the linebackers. Uh, Danny, you had a couple pretty big plays. What, what have you thought about him stick, sticking in there and staying with the process and getting to actually? Yeah, I was big for, and it was intentional for Danny to get those reps because um, Nolan was doing such a good job backing both guys up and. and you know, Danny hadn't really got in there a whole lot in meaningful snaps. So to get him in Alex Johnson, both some meaningful snaps um, the last couple of weeks, and certainly more so on Saturday against Northern Colorado was was big. Because I, I think for both of them, it's it's game reps, it's seeing it at game speed, it's it's having confidence in yourself. I mean, it's all those things where your experience and then the trust the coaches have in you um, can grow. And I, I think I think Danny really made some big leaps and I think Alex has too the last couple of weeks. You mentioned Alex, I mean he came here as a pretty thin guy, you can tell he was athletic, but yeah. when I saw him in fall camp all of a sudden he takes this big jump and he's been on the two deep consistently. What kind of progress has he made? Yeah, still a little too thin, yeah. but uh, but progress for sure. Alex can can really run, and I, I think he was one of those guys in the spring that that missed enough time that his growth wasn't maybe evident in the spring. But fall camp and, and you take what he was able to do with Coach Heron this summer, um, it, it started to add up for him. Um, you know, smart kid, hard worker that, that that moves really well, and you know if if we can continue to. Allow him and Danny those opportunities to get on the field, um, and give Cal and um, Troy some relief. That's just going to make us a better, better football team as we move forward. Not only this year, but into the future. And in that position group, what kind of leadership does Callahan bring? You know, uh, I, I think stepping up more and more. I, I, you know, we have enough enough guys on defense that he would probably defer to um, from a. From a speaking perspective, um, he's not maybe the most outspoken guy, but you know, uh, I, I think he's a guy that everybody knows they can count on, and, and um, you know, I think he's getting more, more and more comfortable, I guess, in his own skin of, of emerging as as a leader. You know, I, I whether he that real vocal role has to really ha take take hold this year or not, I'm not sure, but it, it certainly will in the very near future. Is it really good to see him get that interception? And make a, an explosive play where he's always one that's just kind of consistently making tackles and giving that consistent production. Yeah. Giving that explosive play. Imagine. No, I, it was. That was a big play, um, you know, early in that game to, to give us the ball at mid midfield. Um, and he's, he showed athleticism. I, I know he is no one more to be a, a, a box guy. I think that's where his comfort level is. But, uh, you know, beyond the interception, he's made some plays this year where he's really had to run. Um, he's worked real hard. I, I, I think – you know, his athleticism certainly gets overshadowed by Troy, but uh, I think Cal in his own right is a, is a really good athlete that I think what you see uh, week after week is just his growth, his comfort level, his confidence continuing to, you know, rise. And, you know, I think that's what we need as the season kind of moves on for sure. You mentioned Jaden Smith will slow down in fall camp. What, what, what did you mean by that or specifically? Well, he just missed some time. Okay. Um, yeah, he just missed some time. Practice-wise, um, probably missed a good a good week at least. You know, so I, I think slowed down from a perspective. And he had missed some time in the spring. He was one of those guys. Um, so you know, you look at the 15 practice we had in the spring and the 25 we had leading in. I would say he probably was about 25 of those 40 practices. So just a little slower to go as far as not not just not maybe grasping things so much, but just getting those opportunities to continue to show himself, that was the biggest the biggest thing. And you know, leading into the Wyoming game, he hadn't practiced a whole lot leading into that game. So it's been a gradual build and 
you know, that was certainly his biggest day and his most opportunities. So appreciate his progress. Coulter, do you have anything? Alpine Touch is legendary around the state of Montana for providing delicious seasonings for every grilling occasion. Now Alpine Touch offers so much more, from a savory new barbecue sauce to spicy pepper blends to tasty barbecue rubs. In addition to the classic, Alpine Touch has a variety of seasoning salts for whatever you need to spice up. Now that the holidays are over, Alpine Touch makes a perfect thank you gift to show your friends and relatives you love them. Alpine Touch, available at retail locations around Montana or online at alpinetouch.com. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. Yeah, hey, Coach, sorry I couldn't hear the questions on that side very well. So if by chance I ask you a question that is uh, you repeating yourself, just tell me that because I'm, I'm recording on my end. I'll give you a better answer than Belichick did last night when someone <laughs> came and tried to ask him a repeat question. <laughs> well, that's good. That's definitely good. Um, I, I know you talked a little bit about Coach Baldwin and, and sort of his coaching prowess, but uh, do, what do you think of the, the composition of his staff? So many guys that – were at Eastern before, mostly as players, some that were as coaches too. Uh, so guys that are familiar with the league but maybe new to Cal Poly, what do you think of that dynamic? Well, I, I think from Coach Baldwin's perspective, um, I get it. You know, you're trying to transform a program, um, and, and not that Cal Poly hasn't uh, done well. It's just you're trying to put your own stamp and really flip it upside down in a lot of ways. So to have you know, uh, coaches that are familiar with, with how you want to do things, both schematically and, and probably just from a principal perspective, um, I, I certainly get it. And it's a, it's a lot of young emerging coaches. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's, it's allowed, I'm sure, for him to be able to um, focus on, you know, the many tasks out, outside of the schemes and stuff that the, the, the head coach has. You've coached in a couple leagues where the, the composition of the league makes largely – it makes sense because of the geographical similarities, I guess. I'm not trying to get you to say that the Big Sky doesn't make sense, but what do you think of the Big Sky's compositions, particularly when it comes to some of these affiliated schools like Cal Poly and UC Davis? Well, I know those are decisions made long before I was here. Um, I know having played you know, uh, Davis and, and Pauly – back in that stretch when, when we were, and I was at North Dakota State and we were all trying to find a home um, along with Northern Colorado, you know, I, I, I guess I, I see the, the rationale of, of adding to a league, league strength with numbers. Um, but on the, on the flip side, when you have schools that are just, you know, members from a, a individual sport perspective, I do think that's a little more challenging. Um, I know Hawaii was that way or is that way in the Mountain West. Um, but I, I think they're, they both, have, you know, those two California schools in particular have rich, rich traditions. And um, I, I see why that decision was made. And I know that, you know, Southern Utah moving in and out now, um, you know, uh, lessens the number by one. So, I, you know, as you look at all these, the conference dynamics, uh, I, the first thing I'm sure commissioners look at is just uh, there's strength in numbers. There's, and, you know, I, I think we're in a good place with our numbers, um, and that's probably a large part because we have those schools as part of the league. For a long time, two conferences were aligned based on institutional similarity, not just geographical location, but also, you know, sort of having something in common academically or in, in their quests. And it seems like it's gone away from that largely. But do you feel like it, it's necessary for schools to be sort of like-minded in terms of conference affiliations? 
Yeah, you know, I think I think that's a good, that's an excellent question because you want a league that's that's made up of teams that have, um, I guess, similar desires, right? I mean, that's that's probably what you're what you're saying, and I, I think from a sports perspective. Um, I think if you have a league largely com- comprised of schools that are committed in a similar fashion, you're going to have a strong league, and that's that's probably the biggest challenge for you know decision makers, commissioners to sort out because uh, that's hard to that's hard to gauge. And you know I think what I've seen is we have a we have a, a deep league, and that's um, that's in large part because I, I think the commitment is there at several institutions. I, I don't know that it's the same at every institution. Um, and how schools prioritize their commitment to different sports, uh, I can't say I've completely figured that out yet. But um, yeah, I, I think you want that. I, I think you want you want um, parity is not the right word. I just think you want uh, as a football coach, uh, you want football to matter at the schools that you play against. And you know, I, I think that's that's hard to put it all on that but having schools that are aligned I you know in, in many ways should be the, the desire of a league and last question for me uh, you talked about the physical conditioning of your team coming into the season that seems to me like it's shown through a lot in these first five games but when you get to the midst of the season sort of hard to stay in that that type of shape I guess or, or is it I guess how do you continue to maintain the level of physical condition you guys have had and then start and continue to play well in the second half of the games well you said it you want to maintain it you're not you're not in position to to grow it necessarily we have we have our younger guys that are more in a developmental mode um, guys that need to gain weight that are, aren't playing on Saturdays but we hope our guys that are out there on Saturdays are maintaining in the weight room and the way we practice um, from a conditioning perspective, um, maintaining their conditioning level as well. Uh, and that's something that um, I know Coach Heron and, and his staff monitor very closely, you know, and, and our conditioning has to be a, be an ace in the hole for us. And I, I think it has been to this point and, you know, that'll have to continue to be that way. So we get into the depth of November, um, we have to be the, the better conditioned team and, and how you do that is just you continue to work you know uh, just because you're in the middle of the season doesn't mean you shut down in the weight room doesn't mean you practice uh less hard or, or less time for that matter so we've, we've continued to go at it um in particular you know on our tuesdays and wednesdays and, and i i think it's, it's a little different mode than maybe our guys were used to but i, I think it's showing up where each Saturday at this point, I think we've been the better conditioned team. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com news.